Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 235. So happy to be a proud member of the uh, Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, live here on Facebook. All our friends and uh, are joining us live here on the show. It is January 24th, 2023. Thanks for tuning in to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Thanks for being uh, someone who is invested in education and the betterment of others and uh, excited to uh, get rolling here. Big news. I just got a call. Port Jervis schools are canceled tomorrow, everyone, due to the snow coming. Oh, my goodness, a snow day. Isn't that a great feeling? Isn't that an exciting uh, time? So uh, that's exciting, and it's getting me pumped up here. To meet our guest here in just a couple minutes. I know they're hoping for a snow day down there in New Jersey. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to meet Maria Sanders uh, in just a minute. Maria is a parent coach. She's a social worker, uh, and she is somebody who is invested in um, you know helping parents on their journey. Right, uh, coaching parents, working with parents through their school journey, through their journey with their children. Uh, Maria uh, and I and her husband are friends. I went to school with Chaz way back when, Guilford College. Shout out to the guys. Uh, and I'm excited to talk with her. But let's get rolling here on show number 235. The uh, sponsor in the show is me. And you can see it behind me. But talking about parents, I'm so proud of this book. This is a book I wrote some years ago. Uh, and it is about building partnerships with parents. Uh, it is about making connections. And it's through the lens of the school. Things that you can do as a parent to help build those partnerships with school. So much on social media is negative about the school and relationships with parents. Uh, this is a lot of tips and strategies to help build those relationships, build those partnerships. So check it out if you're interested. It's on Amazon. And uh, we're going to talk to Maria a little bit about that. So that being said, the opening concept here, parenting. Not everybody is a parent. I am blessed to be a parent. I have three children of my own. Uh, and it truly is the most rewarding job. It truly is the most challenging job. And it's truly the job, right? You don't really have any training, right? You don't need to be certified to become a parent. It's kind of, there's an opportunity for everybody. Um, but how do we grow? How do we progress? If you were blessed to have uh, strong parents of your own, lessons learned of your own, that's a model. You also learn by other people, things that they shouldn't do, right? Uh, but I'm curious to, to hear from Maria some of the strategies that are out there. But if you are a parent, uh, school-aged children, um, you know it can be challenged. You know it can be uh, uh overwhelming sometimes and a lot of twists and turns. Um, I challenge you to continue to invest in yourself, continue to invest in parent coaches, continue to invest in your children to bring the the, the best out in them, uh, to bring the best out in your family, uh, and certainly working with the schools. Um, build those relationships and build those partnerships. So 
just my little take on parenting, but I am not the expert. Uh, Maria is the expert, and I want to welcome her to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Maria, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, nice to see you. Thanks for joining me, uh, taking some time out of your busy family. Uh, Maria, you are a parent coach. You're a social worker. Uh, certainly, you and I are family friends here. But give us a little introduction uh, of who you are and the work you're doing. So uh, I'm a mom of two. I have two young girls who are currently nine and a half and 11 years old. So they're in fourth and sixth grade. And so luckily I get a lot of opportunities to practice all the things that I share with parents. And, you know, I'm real with a lot of the parents I work with. It's not easy. And sometimes I really struggle and I do the opposite of what I'm telling parents because it's real. It's real hard sometimes. At the same time, you know, we want to be on a path to move forward. And so that's what I'm helping parents do. Uh, as a parent coach and social worker, what I'm doing is working with parents one-on-one -on -one to help them get through any sort of behavioral challenge with their child. And really, it doesn't matter how old their kid is. Sometimes I work with parents of kids who are two years old, sometimes with parents who uh, have kids who are 12, teenagers, and even early adulthood. Um, it really is just that relationship. It's about the parent-child or caregiver and child relationship and getting through those difficult times that we can't figure out just by wigging it or going based on our experience because not all of us have that experience. And even those of us like me who have plenty of experience doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah, it's always a challenge. It's a it's a work in progress. Maria, there's so many topics to talk about with parenting, so many ways to go. Uh, let me start with how and when do people realize, hey, we need some help. We need some help in this journey we call parenting, you know, and how do they come to come to you? So it ranges. I get, oh, I would say the bulk of the parents that reach out to me are reaching out to me almost as a last resort. They said, Maria, I've tried this. I've tried that. I've gone with this approach. I've read this book. I've, I've done everything. I don't know what else works. I feel like nothing else is working. We need help. And so sometimes it's that like call of desperation that they have, they do think they've tried everything. Other times, some parents are a bit proactive about it. And they say, my husband and I are going through a divorce. Can you help set us up so that we can communicate this to our kids. Or my mother is on hospice. She's going to be dying soon. Can you mm. help me understand how to communicate that to my kids? So sometimes, you know, or a big move cross country, a lot of people business-wise, a lot of people move, right? Companies move. And so sometimes there's the proactive part. Many times, you know, it's that last resort just out of desperation. And those are certainly family uh, situations. You mentioned about the behaviors, right? So what are some of the biggest behaviors that you're seeing or hearing from the parents in terms of the children? <sighs> because I work with parents of kids of all ages, it ranges. At the same time, I would say the bulk of everything is just kids not doing what parents want them to do right? Whether they're four years old or 14, the kids are not being cooperative. And that doesn't mean that we need our kids to comply. It means we need that cooperativeness. We need to know that we're working together towards the same goal, because that's going to be a much better 
outcome than if it's one-sided. And so it ranges from screen time issues to staying out late to not getting homework done, not doing chores, sibling rivalry, um, just what parents say is lack of motivation about anything. You know, my kid just sits there and they don't want to participate in after school activities. They don't want to do their work. They don't want to hang out with their friends. It's, you know, we want the best for our kids. And a lot of us, you know, sometimes it's a struggle to figure out how to help our kids, even with the best intentions. How did you just describe all the things we're facing here in the Murata household? How did you, how did you know that? <laughs> I feel like you've been in our living room here. So. Oh yeah. I have a sneak peek into everyone's living room. <laughs> yeah, It's amazing to hear those things. And, and you talk about working together, right? When, when, when we were children, it was do this because this is what I'm telling you, right? That's what our parents told us. Uh, I know you're working on something called collaborative problem solving, and you're actually certified uh, in that. What is that fancy term of collaborative problem solving? What is that? So it is based in the fancy term of neurobiology and neuroscience. What that really means is it's focused on building everyday skills like flexibility, frustration tolerance, and problem solving, and helping kids build those skills so kids can meet expectations. And so what I mean by that is what we find is that kids with who are exhibiting challenging behavior are doing so not because of a lack of motivation, not because they're trying to be difficult and drive their parents nuts, even though I know we easily think that. It's not because they're doing this on purpose. It's more because of a lagging skill. They're struggling with flexibility. They're struggling with problem solving. They're struggling with social communication issues. And those kinds of things get in the way for kids. And therefore, they don't know how to handle certain situations. And the only thing that kind of comes up for them, unfortunately, is challenging behavior. And so what I help parents do is understand the collaborative problem solving approach so that they can partner with their child and work collaboratively, as the term implies, working together with their child to figure out a solution that doesn't just work for the parent and doesn't just work for the child, but really works for everyone involved. Yeah, sounds like it's a more proactive way here in 2023 versus, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago when we were kids. Um, Maria, so interesting. You chose this route to work so personally, so closely with parents, one-on-one, -on -one, small groups. You know, what made you choose versus being a traditional social worker in schools that, that helps families? So I spent about 15 years working in schools on the child study team, and I absolutely loved it. I, you know, one of the couple of the years I spent working at a school for children with autism, and I was in the classroom mm -hmm. a whole lot, and I just learned so much, and I really loved it. Then I had my own kids, and I said, all right, after all these years of being a babysitter and a camp counselor and early intervention specialist, all I want to do is stay home with my kids. But I knew I wanted to go back to work. And so, you know, always keeping that in the back of my mind, how am I going to go back and still be present in the way that I want to for my kids? And so I had a friend who was struggling with their child the child was getting out of bed a lot, having a difficult time with potty training. And I asked my friend, well, do you want me to help you as a friend or professional? And she was like, mm. I need 
professional help. And wow. I said, all right, let's do this. And I helped her. There was a bunch of text messaging, just giving her like different supportive thoughts and considerations about how to approach the situation. And it went really well for her. And I thought, huh, what I just did there, I really like that. I really like being able to help parents because I know this isn't easy. I have two of my own kids and I thought it was going to be a breeze. And very quickly I was like, nope, no more homeschooling. You guys are going off to preschool. And so I looked up whatever it was I thought it was. I didn't know what parent coaching was. And I found out about parent coaching. I went back to school. I got a one-year master's level certification in it just so that I could understand the framework of parent coaching and the difference between parent coaching and therapy, because there are some clear delineations and understand what the coaching process would look like for parents. Dove right in, started my private practice, and I really, really enjoy the one-on-one -on -one support that parents can get that's tailored to them. They're telling me about their everyday situations, and we're navigating those specifics regarding the way their child speaks, the way their child acts, which now we can really modify the collaborative problem-solving approach to meet whatever is going on in their home. Yeah, so interesting there, uh, the, that relationships. You know, Marie, you talk about working with the parents. and how, how is your style, right? How do you go about it? You talked about your friend, right, and how, the, how it went well. How do you make the parents not feel bad about, man, I stink at this, right? My house is a wreck. My kids are a wreck. I stink as a parent. How do you not make them feel worse? You know, I'm thinking, you think about coaching, you think about sports, right? And the kid can't make a layup, you know, the coach is yelling at him and he's, you know, he's crying. Like, how do you empower the parents, make them feel better about that they can be successful in this journey? That's a great question. And I think a lot of it has to do with role modeling, right? What I want from parents is to not be judgmental about their kids, to look at their kids from the lens that I know you can do well, and I believe that you can do well. And so that is what I try to communicate when I'm working with parents. I'm non-judgmental. I'm not blaming you for anything. I get it. And I want to hear you. I want to understand where you're coming from, what's difficult about parenting your child, and I believe you can do this. I am holding the hope and I am holding the opportunities and I'm going to be there with you, in essence, as you're practicing these difficult things. And so as I'm demonstrating that empathy, coming from that non-judgmental place with parents, I'm hoping that they can then in turn do that with their kids. And Marie, what does it look like? Are you in their home? Are you on a phone call? Are you on a Google Meet? Like, what, what does it look like for you? Right now, 100% of my clients are virtual, which is awesome because I'm in northern New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And I have clients in Florida, California, Chicago. I've had clients in other countries. It doesn't matter where you are. And if I'm working with two parents... They don't even have to be in the same place. One can be in an office building. One can be in the car. One can be at home. It doesn't matter. So it offers a lot of flexibility. I do have an in-person office if local parents wanted to meet me in person. So I do the one-on-one -on -one work with parents. I only work with parents. I don't work with the kids. Or I run workshops at schools, 
or in community centers or even at my office. I run different kinds of workshops and finding different ways to connect with parents. So if I have elementary kids, yours are, are, are nine and 11. If I have younger children right now, I have two middle schoolers and a high schooler. And, and, and you had to give me the magic formula. You had to give me the magic drink. Andrew, these three things are in this drink that's going to help you be a better parent. What would you say if you had to give me three tips, Maria? Lead with curiosity. Mm. Curiosity keeps your mind open and non-judgmental, which is what I was talking about before. When we seek to understand, we're asking questions. Mm. So we haven't made a decision yet. We keep asking questions until we can understand our child. And that does a couple things, right? That allows us, like I said, to stay open. It also lets our child know, I see you, I hear you, your voice matters to me. I want to understand what's, what's difficult for you about your math homework. I'm not mad at you. I'm not judging you. I'm not blaming you. I really am just curious what's going on. What makes it so difficult? And so leading with curiosity is definitely number one. There's a cute little phrase that says, be curious, not furious. And I love that because it <laughs> rhymes. <laughs> and I don't remember who even coined it. It wasn't me, but I'll definitely repeat it all day long. Be curious, not I'm going to give I'm going to give you credit for it. <laughs> Thanks. Be curious, not furious. Why? Because when we're in furious mode, we shut down. We don't want to listen. We get angry and we block. When we're curious, like I said, we're open. And we want that openness. We want to seek to understand. The other one is another cute little phrase <laughs> called connect, then direct. Mm. And what that means is before we give a child a direction, let's see if we can offer a moment of connection. Think about your child's day from morning till night. Hey, kiddo, wake up, brush your teeth, get dressed, eat your breakfast, pack your bag, put on your shoes, get on your coat. Get in the car, get out of the car. <laughs> then they get to school. Good morning, children. Hang up your jacket, hang up your coat. Sit down, stand up, put your folder away, go sharpen your pencil, line up, go to the lunchroom. They come home and there's another set of direct, direct, direct. And no judgment on parents, no judgment on teachers. There's often not a whole lot of connect. And imagine hearing direct all day long. Mm. Imagine your boy, boss telling you all day long what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do without, hey, how's it going, guy? What's up? What were you playing out on the playground earlier? Looked like you're having a whole lot of fun. What are you up to? What's the latest book you read? What are you working on? That feels a whole lot different. And so if we can bring in some connection before I tell my girls, hey, it's time to pack up your stuff. We got to go run some errands. I might notice that they're playing with Lego and I might mm. go over to them and say, oh, my goodness, girls, look at this Lego structure you're building. It is so cool. I might even get down on my knees and make some nice eye contact and say, I need you to put the Lego away and put on your shoes. It's time to get going. That's all that's needed. And we think that takes a long time, 
but a meltdown and a temper tantrum takes a whole lot longer. <laughs> and then the last little phrase is another little rhyming one. No action in a reaction. This is not easy to do. I know this. I am a mom of normal kids. Well, I don't mean normal, but you know, like regular everyday kids with everyday challenges. And I have an everyday life. It's hard to not react when we see something or hear something or experience something that triggers us. The key here is not to react, not to take an action when we're having an internal reaction. If we notice that we're having an internal reaction to what's happening, we're getting upset, we're getting frustrated, we're annoyed, we're disappointed, it's best to just take a pause and take a deep breath. There is no harm in taking a little bit of time to figure out, all right, this, I just noticed my kid's grade. She just bombed yet another test. I could easily flip out and run over to her and say, what is happening? You're going to fail the semester, yada, yada. Or I could just take that pause. I'm having a reaction. I should not have an action. I should wait and consider how do I want to handle this? And then once I'm in a coming from a calm place, go back to be curious, not furious. And so that's my three tidbits. Maria, I, I didn't know you were going to give me the extra loaded, extra loaded version of that. The, that was an incredible answer. I mean, just incredible. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here laughing. You could use those in life. I could use those in school. I mean, there's so many places in your relationship with your spouse. I mean, that is that is good stuff right there. Let me go back to the first one, right? Seek to understand, lead with curiosity. My son is driving me crazy. Be curious, not furious. He leaves the lights on all the time. <laughs> I actually fined him yesterday. He got a fine. He had to pay because they're always on. So how do I not be furious that he's leaving the lights on versus, hey, Matthew, tell me why you're leaving the lights on. Like, how, how do I do that? So you want to find a moment where you're not triggered by that, right? So once you see the light on, you're probably having a reaction. So there should be no action. Maybe later in the day, you're outside shooting hoops, just hanging out, whatever. Then you say, hey, Matthew, I've noticed you've had a difficult time. I'm not mad at you. I'm just curious. I noticed you had a difficult time turning off the lights when you leave a room. Help me understand what's going on. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not going to find you. No punishment. I really am just curious. Like, what's up? Help me understand what's what's <laughs> difficult. He might say, well, I don't know, dad. I, I just forget. Like, I'm, I'm not thinking of it. Okay. So it's difficult for, for you because you're not thinking about it, right? Is that what I hear you saying? You're not thinking. And so, you, or maybe, do you think maybe it's because like you're often leaving the room in a rush? Yeah. Sometimes I'm in a rush because like I got to get to school and I got to get to practice and Yada, yada. Okay. All right. So sometimes it's difficult for you because you're in a rush. And something else you said was sometimes it's difficult for you because you're just not thinking about it. Is there anything else that makes it difficult for you about turning off the light? And we'll spend a few minutes like asking a few more questions. Is it difficult for you in the morning and in the evening? 
Because sometimes I notice like in the morning, it doesn't seem like you're able, you remember to turn off the light, but in the evening, actually, I think you do a better job at turning it off. So what's the difference there? Maybe he'll go back and say, well, you know, I'm always in a rush when I'm leaving in the morning for school. All right. So the biggest thing it sounds like is you're in a rush as you're leaving your room. What's important to your mom and I is that we don't waste electricity. It's bad for the environment and it's bad for my pocket. That's it. It's really hard for us as parents not to say more and <laughs> lecture and explain da 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 And fine. Short and sweet. And no punishments. Right? So, kiddo, Matthew, help me understand. How can we figure this out? How can we make sure, even when you're in a rush, that we have a plan so that we're not leaving the lights on? What ideas do you have? I'm not going to give you the answer. Let's figure this out together. And maybe he'll say, well, I'll put a sticky note on the on the door so that I see it before I leave. Whatever. It almost, I don't think it almost doesn't matter what the solution is. Yeah. What happened there is that you problem solve together. Hopefully you're reducing some of these challenging situations, right? Because you're working towards a solution. You're also building the skills of flexibility and considering different possibilities and you're practicing problem solving and a host of many other skills that Matthew could be struggling with, which is why maybe he's had, maybe it's organization and being able to follow time management. That's difficult for a lot of kids, right? So as we're working through this, we're also tapping into some of the things that's going on in his brain and helping build those skills and this wasn't a fight between you guys. That is a huge win. So even if you don't find a solution that works the first time, what you did is have a conversation with your child where you say, I'm not mad. I'm here for you. I've got your back. We could figure this out together. Maria, I, I knew you were good at your job. That was unbelievable. I mean, that was unbelievable. And I'm going to try those. I am... Uh... I really am because uh, sometimes I go back to that old school of my dad from 50 years ago. And, uh, you know, those methods, while they might have worked then, you know, I know there are new and better methods. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I mean, hopefully Matthew will turn pudding. the lights off. <laughs> I was going to say, and proof is in the pudding, right? Like yeah. you've charged him probably several times. Has it gotten him to turn off the lights? No. And so a lot of us parents think that rewards or consequences are going to be what changes behavior. What changes behavior really is focusing on these thinking skills that our kids are struggling with, time management, organization, being able to problem solve. Those are the things that, those are the skills, we call them 21st century skills. Yeah. We call them executive functioning skills. All these skills are super important. And the word, and I know you know this, the word discipline means to teach. And so before we let our kids out in the world, let's let not, I'm not talking about coddling them. Let's teach them. Let's help them do what is needed so that they can handle the expectations once they get out into the real world. This is practice. This is awesome. You get to mess up in my house, which is great because I'm here for you. I've got your back. I love you no matter what. I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to work with you. 
Bam. Maria Sanders dropping knowledge. If you're watching the show live, jump in with a question or a comment. Maria just, uh, uh, man, that was incredible. Maria, uh, probably the thing that parents are struggling with most, you know, uh, depending where that age of the kid, managing this, managing the screen time, managing the phones, you know, what are you doing with that? Your kids are right on the cusp of that. You know, the screen time, we have all the filters on. How, what are you telling parents with the screen time and the phones? Ooh, there is so much. You got, I mean, there's so much. <laughs> okay. One thing you got to educate yourself, right? You can't say no to Snapchat or yes to Snapchat if you don't know what Snapchat is and you call it chat snap. You, can't do that. <laughs> you have to download these apps. You have to get familiar with it. You have to understand the lingo. And there's some great tools and services that can help you do that. And we have to, we have to, I, I mean, going back to that seek to understand, we have to understand what's driving our kids to use the phones. It's different than when it was when we grew up. My daughter just was like, oh, I have to text my friend. Her friend doesn't have a phone. So it was like, I have to text my friend's mom, wow. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, call and say, hi, this is so-and-so. Can I speak with so-and-so? Not, is so-and-so there, right? Like, <laughs> we, have to, we have to understand this is a different world. They are used to texting, right? And there are important expectations and boundaries that we have, and I don't, encourage letting go completely of our boundaries and saying, okay, fine, you could have whatever you want. But again, that collaborative piece of like, help me understand what it is about having a phone that's important to you, right? Let's say you have an 11 or 12 year old that's just about to get a phone. And for some, maybe that's 10 years old. Help me understand. I'm not saying yes or no. I actually don't know yet if it's right for you to have a phone. Help me understand what's important to you about having a phone. A kid might say, I don't know. Everyone has it. Okay. Well, what about for you? What's important? Well, after school, everyone goes to Starbucks and they kind of make plans over the lunch period. And a lot of times I'm just left. And okay. So what I hear you saying is it's really important to stay connected to some of your friends when they're going out after school. I get that. That's I know that's super important to you. And I don't actually want you to miss out on those fun times. What else is important to you? Well, you know, I really like doing dance videos. And so I like being able to see the dance videos on TikTok again before we even make a decision. Even if our answer may be the word no, we want to first understand what is important to them. Because what we actually are hoping for is this sort of like aha moment where we say, Oh, you actually have thought this through. Now I now I actually understand a little bit more. I, I just thought it was just because everyone had a phone and you just wanted to be like everyone else. But you've actually brought up some good points. And your dad and I, we're still concerned about this, your safety or whatever it is, our overuse, using it at night, whatever your concern is. So let's figure out how we can make this work. Right. And maybe together you develop some sort of guidelines or what people call contracts. But again, this is a collaborative process. It's where we're working together. That's a partnership. 
And our kids, we can't make our kids do anything. We think we can, which is why we try to exert our will and use motivational tools like dollar bills or extra candy or extra screen time. We can't make our kids do anything. And many of us have learned that the hard way. And so let's work with our kids and let them know we may, you may not like what your dad and I have decided. We have listened to you. We have considered where you're coming from. And we're going to try and work this out. And if it doesn't work, let's revisit it. But let's give it a shot. <laughs> I'm sold, Maria. I've been guilty of those things. And, uh, you know, getting those wins in your own home, not having those arguments. Uh, those are those are wins. So that's great stuff. Uh, Maria, we are coming down the stretch. Uh, what was something I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? Um, I do talk a bit about conscious parenting as well. Mm. And so what that has to do is helping the parent recognize what's going on for them. And a lot of times we need to check ourselves. Again, I'm not coming from a place of judgment or blame. We all have stuff going on. We all have stresses and anxieties and worries, financial constraints, health constraints, just like work expectations. And we've got to practice taking care of ourselves so that we don't allow those things to get in our way of connecting and communicating with our kids. Because it's happened to all of us. We get really overwhelmed with life. And we're short with our kids or we don't sit and listen or we think we don't have the time. And that's really hard. And so in some of the work that I do in my parent coaching, I do work with parents to just take some time to look at what is going on for us. What are the things that we're typically reacting to? If my house is a mess and I'm always snapping when my house is a mess, well then before I you know, go and address my kids, let me see what I can do about it. Let me check myself first. Again, not from a place of blame, just almost like a little bit of compassion. Like, it's okay, and let's just work on that a little bit, and then we'll move forward and start looking at what's going on with your relationship with your child. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of the things that I know you're not judging, but like I'm, I do these things in my house. I snap at them. I get so mad when so he makes a light off. Yeah. <laughs> We all do because we're human. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is we're, we just want to know these things so that hopefully out of a 10 time experience, maybe three out of the 10 times, we're not doing the same thing over and over again. And no. we know as soon as we do it, like, Ooh, next time I'll do differently. Let's not judge ourselves either. I guess. Got to give a shout out to my friend Chaz, uh, you know, and his wife here, Maria. But I, you know, I know Chaz. Hopefully, he's watching here. Uh, but it's so nice uh, to to reconnect later in our lives here, and it's so great to hear about the work you're doing, Maria. So certainly, a shout out to you and Chaz. Um, Chaz is doing very well on his own as well. So proud of him there. All right, Maria, we're coming down the stretch. It's, it's approaching bedtime here. We're gonna stay a little later in the Marada's house because of the snow day. Would you, would you, uh, is that, is that a, is that a plus one? You stay up a little later on a snow day? Totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Good. We'll, we'll make sure we turn the lights off when we go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, these are rapid fire, Maria. These are quick answers. First thing that comes to your head 
Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. She turns the lights off in her house. Last book you read. Changeable by Stuart Ablon. Mm, fiction or nonfiction? It's about collaborative problem solving. I'm holding a book, a book club three weeks to talk about the book and to talk about collaborative problem solving. So I'm rereading it. Getting ready. You gotta know, you gotta know your stuff. You just said it. Last movie you saw. Oh my God. It was horrible. It was zoom with Tim Allen. It was like mm. for the kids. Oh, okay. Did the kids like I don't it? want them to hear. Yeah, they liked it. Yeah. That's why I don't want them to hear. I said it was horrible. <laughs> uh, your favorite dish. Food. Recently, Chaz and I have gotten into omakase sushi. We're Ooh. loving it. Oh, I know you've done extensive travel in your lifetime. I know you were in Europe this summer. Uh, favorite place to travel? Costa Rica. I love the oh. beach. I love being physical, zip lining, rappelling, whitewater rafting. I just love the nature. I love the language. I love all of it. The food, the people. Damn. You went with the, the family or just you and Chaz? Um, neither. Once I went with two girlfriends of mine, and that's where we did all the physical activities. We did Ooh. everything. We did. We went into hot springs. We did the whitewater rafting, nearly got our heads chopped off by some tree. It was like so amazing. <laughs> and then a bunch of years later, I went and I was pregnant. I went to visit my sister who was studying there. And so we did some hiking and just some beach time. But that Country has everything. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. The best parents are the best because fill in the blank. Because they hire me. No. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Smart just people. Kidding. Because they forgive themselves. Ooh, good answer. Good answer. A journal or a blog you subscribe to? Andrew Marada's. Good shout out. <laughs> the, I'm going to feature listen you I, I was writing the blog in my head I might have you write it your answer to those best three parenting tips was uh, I've been doing 235 of these shows Maria that was one of the best answers Aww, I've ever got so thank you. we'll discuss that blog if you want to write it or, or I'll write it on your behalf Maria you shared a lot of passions the work you're doing um, you know what, what's something that gets under your skin that's, that really bothers you Besides Chaz. Oh, he's such a doll. Um, <laughs> he does nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> gosh, what gets under my skin? Just like rude people. I don't know. Mm. It's just so ugly. It's so, ugh. And it, it can be contagious. So like stop spreading the unkindness. This is kindness week at my kid's school. So we've been talking a oh, lot about that. So I feel nice. like it's top of mind. What's a recent victory for you? Victory. Well, I went trapezing in the city. And wow. so maybe not so much a victory, but like a bucket list item. And that was yeah. super cool. Did you like hang like your knees? Like you, Oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. And I swung. <laughs> and I went for a catch. Oh, my and God. I didn't make it. I didn't make it. <laughs> Did I you dropped. touch the hands? You, were you close? It was like a skim. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And they were like, do you want to do that again? I was like, no. No. <laughs> At 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel, fill in the blank. Tired. 
You're resting. When it's winter, I'm tired. In the summer, yeah. I am like, I can't wait to get out. I'm just like a seasonal person. Yeah. Life in the Northeast. Tell me about it. Best takeaway for you from the show. I know I'm going to sound like a brown noser again. Really just talking to you. It's so fun to chit chat and I'd love to do it again. And, you know, I appreciate the questions and the curiosity. You know, that's like a big one for me being curious. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for asking all yeah. those questions. No, it's an honor to have you on. And and again, a lot of educators watching. If you're watching now, certainly jump in with a question or a comment. If you're watching it on record, leave us a comment. But I am going to certainly pursue about Maria coming to our school to work with our parents. But if you are an educator watching, I mean, this has been fantastic. Really uh, uh, great um, saying that. Speaking of curiosity, Maria, it's one of our rapid fires. What is something you're curious about? Hmm. I don't know. Gosh. That's such a tough one. I don't know. I feel like I have all these weird thoughts going in my head about things that I'm curious about, like the environment. I don't know. I just got a composting bin. And so, you know, I've been trying to teach my family to remember to do all that. And I guess I'm curious, like, am I making an effort? Like, am I making an impact? Right? Like I'm, yeah. you know, I try to be green when I can and do all these things. And I wonder if this is futile, if it's going to make a difference for our kids. And that's my hope. So maybe that's yeah. what I've been curious about. And the answer is yes. Okay. You are making an impact. You're making an impact on parents. You're making an impact uh, you know, you think about that, right? Sometimes I, I, I'll hear, we're on show 235. I'll hear back from show 50 and someone will say something that was heard there. Someone reached out this morning on Facebook uh, Instant Messenger uh, from Wisconsin about something they heard. So you are making an impact. So remember that. What's something about Maria Sanders that people do not know about? I jumped out of an airplane. Trapeze airplane? What's going on over here? <laughs> I used to be a bit of a well, I guess I still am a bit of a dare. <laughs> wow. Yeah, back when I was like 26, I went down the shore, the Jersey Shore, which is the Forget beach for it. people who aren't from the East Coast. <laughs> um, yeah, and I went skydiving. It was a tandem dive and it was super cool. And I got it on video and I'll never do it again. I got nauseous, um, but it was always something that I knew I just wanted to do once. It was super cool. And at the moment, there really was no fear. It's strange, but wow. there was no now fear. That would be different. Yeah. Yeah. Exhilarating or the most fearful thing in your life? Exhilarating 100%. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Like you would yeah. think, oh, when you get there, when you, I had to step out on the wing, the floor <laughs> opens, and I had to step out and wait for this guy to like, <laughs> who was strapped to me, like push me over. But I wasn't afraid, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. Because now when I think about it, oh, yeah, I'd be afraid for sure. Wow. But, you know, at 26, my life was a whole lot different. So I wasn't really thinking about much except how much fun it was. Awesome. And here you are reflecting later. Maria, we have your contact information on the on the bottom. Is that the best way for people to get in touch with you there at your website? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any way you want to get in touch with me, I will write back. I will call back. Yeah. Yeah, and there it is on the bottom, Maria Sanders, parentcoach.com, Facebook, Instagram. Maria, you want to end us with a quote here? 
Do what you want, but don't regret what you do. Ooh, say that one more time. Do what you want, but don't regret what you do. That was my quote from my high school yearbook at graduation. This has been a fantastic show. Way to end it. Do what you want, but don't regret what you do. Wow. This was Maria Sanders, everyone. Uh, Maria, I, I uh, as a principal on someone who's, you know, on the other side of it in school, our parents need help, um, you know, and for someone like you to be doing the work you're doing, I commend you. I wish you the best. Uh, and I thank you for the time uh, this evening. Thank you. And I hope you all enjoy your snow day tomorrow. Yeah, we got the snow day. Maybe the call will come from in Jersey one of these days. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> warm. love the crazy. snow day. Thank uh, you so friends, much. Yeah, this was show number 235. It was an honor to have a, a friend and a professional on here, Maria Sanders. If you're an educator uh, looking to bring uh, someone to work with your parents in your district, certainly reach out to her. Uh, I am at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. If I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. We are going to sign off here on show number 235. Maria, I wish you and your family the best. Uh, we'll see you soon. Come back uh, up here uh, in Port Jervis area this summer. Get me a bagel and I will. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sign off 235. Maria, stay on the line a second. Uh, uh, guys, keep surviving and thriving and uh, uh, the best on your journey. Yeah.